So what do you what do you want me to put on the intro for like back your fucking background? Me. Just say fucking good friend Mark Offner. I played rugby with him, and not don't don't spice it up too much. Just say you've got to hit the history and fucking health and fitness, bit of strength and conditioning, whatever, and runs a CrossFit gym and yeah. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this episode of the Unmotivated Habits Podcast. Uh, modesty aside, Mark also represented America at the 2013 and 2017 Rugby League World Cups. He is my go-to source on everything diet and fitness related. Um, yeah, enjoy. All right, so welcome to the podcast. This is going to be officially episode number one. I just did an intro, but this will be the first one. So you're my first guest, first podcast. Um, My first question is you played, what, 10 plus years of professional rugby league. Is that right? Semi-professional. I think I was only only in a professional sort of surrounding when I was younger for two years. Yeah. So Australia, France, Wales, England, America, where else? Um, that's about it. Australia, was yeah, Queensland, South Wales. Um, yeah, nowhere else. You've played elsewhere, but just not your club wasn't located elsewhere. Exactly. So, what was your favorite spot besides America? Because that's a given. U.S. Yeah, honestly, USA <laughs> was by far the best. It's just it was so disappointing. The comp only went for whatever eight weeks or whatever. That was the bad, you know. And you had yeah. to, you had your backpacking. So that was the. We, uh, I had fun everywhere I went. France was beautiful country. Language barrier got to me. Um, you know what I mean? I tried to learn it. I just, and then I had the mindset. I was young. Had the mindset of, oh, I'm leaving soon. Why get too into it? Yeah. Where you should have just gone hard from the start and tried to learn as much as you could. That's one country. of those things where you wish you could tell your past self what to do. And that, that's why I wanted to start this podcast. It's like I, it's. I was trying to think who is it for and I thought it's for me in every stage of my life and it's what I wish I had known at every stage of my life and that's a perfect that, example. That is that is perfect. I've got I've literally got a list of things I would go back and tell my past self. So many of them involve when I fucked up in you know in life throughout life yeah. just little fixes and with all the information out there now from you know call them gurus or whatever but people you look up to and admire there's so much good information out there if you know where to look but yeah i mean if that was if i i wouldn't know how i'd process that back when i was 17 i'd probably just do exactly what i did do all the other information and say nah i know better um that's exactly right that's the toughest part how do you get it through to a a young guy that they don't know better you've been through it Hmm. i don't know i think i i think back when back when i was at 17 you didn't have um, YouTube was probably there, but it wasn't the biggest thing, and you weren't there weren't podcasts, and you had to pick a book up and read it. And I wasn't reading yeah. any books. I was a rugby player, but if I, I read Guarantee, if it was an Audible book or something, I probably would have listened to it back then. And um, from people that have been there and done it is where I get more inspiration from. Yeah, if it's just someone preaching that hasn't been there and done it. I'll listen to it. I'll take some, you know, good. Uh, advice out of it but I'm not gonna get too into it I don't know that's just a mindset thing I'm with you it was all it was always the older guys who had accomplished what I wanted to accomplish that I'd, I'd listen to because there was there was always plenty of guys giving advice but you'd look at them and say yeah but you didn't do it so how did how am I supposed to take that advice from you exactly I try to I try to convey that in in my training um 
I'll be, you got to look the part. You know, yeah, what I mean? exactly. You, if especially in nutrition, nutrition's so big with the gym that I run. Um, so I've got to eat prop, eat properly. You know, what I mean, recently isolation, I started you know drinking a few more beers, and I was like, holy crap, you got to slow down, stop drinking so many beers because me too. You're trying, to, you're trying to preach, you know what I mean? And you are, you become a preacher, but you, you, people aren't going to take it seriously if you're not going to bloody do it yourself. I know. Talk talk about your current gym real quick, just so you can plug that a bit. So we've got um, it's just a little. I came back home to coach my local rugby team, and um, they had a shed there. And I said, well, how about part of the contract is let me let me start a gym up there, um, do some training. It got bigger than we expected, and we just put a bloody a big extension on there, and um, we're up to about 100 members now. Uh, we run a CrossFit program. We use Comp Train, so. Ben, I can never pronounce his last name, Bergen or whatever, <laughs> from CrossFit New England. Um, yeah, and we, we're we looking at going across to um, NC Fit from Jason Kalipa. Just the, it's outsourcing your programming and that sort of stuff, but it makes everything run, run better so I can concentrate on delivering a better class, learning more as we go about health and fitness so I'm not sitting there 10 hours a week doing programming. But, yeah, the gym's going real nice at the moment. It's just a country gym town of yeah. about seven people so it's doing well so side note because this is something i struggled with when i stopped playing has any of that stuff filled that competitive void of rugby league i often in the back end of a you know an amrap or something like, amraps especially because there's no set goal it's just you go as hard as you can yeah as I many reps halfway. as possible for people who aren't familiar yeah i sit there and i go what you got you got no game coming up, you know. You're not nothing's going on. What do you you know? Why? And then you you sort of snap out of it. You get that right. You're doing it because you want to be better. Yeah. And it, it crosses over to everything else. Like that chasing excellence podcast is, is one of the best listens you get to. And he's got uh, I think Jason Kleeper had that mentality on it, AMRAP mentality. So whatever you're doing, um, for that certain amount of time, that's that's it. AMRAP that you know with with your kids. AMRAP that. You're on the phone to Michael and wrap that. So, and that's what I'm trying to start to do now. So don't multitask. Get get what you're doing done. Focus on that. And it's working with my training. So, you know, I'm just trying to set little goals. Uh, obviously, I've had real bad shoulders throughout my rugby. So I've set goals of doing bar muscle ups again mm-hmm. and trying to get back to it. I've been told I need two replacements, but you know, I'm still getting around it and trying to yeah. trying to work hard. But you do without that goal of a game coming up, yeah, you don't train anywhere near as hard. That's for sure. I'm with you. I've, I've, uh, since I've started this unmotivated habit stuff, it's like striving for excellence in every aspect of life has become that competitive void, and it's, it's not easy. That's for sure. There's a massive crossover, and that's I try to tell people that come to the gym. There is a huge crossover between nutrition and training, um, in your everyday life. You know what I yeah. mean? It's it's out there. Everyone's talking about it, but some people just don't even give it a go put into practice. We've just started this. It's a new business. I'm sort of um, floating. I'm going to do it for free for the first one. It's 21 days um, of nutrition. And all you're going to do, we're going to eliminate all the foods. You're going to go right back to a paleo, not even a prime. We'll just paleo, eliminate all the gluten, legumes, dairy. 21 days. These are for, this is for people that haven't done it. This is for people that dispute the science. And one of the, one of the things we get them in, we go, you've got to trust me. You've got to be motivated. There's no excuses. You don't say, oh, my kid's this because there's no beer. There's no alcohol at all. It's just three weeks out of your life. After the three weeks, you can go back to doing whatever the hell you want to do. And everyone we've done it to in the gym, 
they've gone back, ate some bread, ate some whatever, mm-hmm. and they got, holy crap, I get gut cramps, I get this, I get that. Well, I said, just shows you, you don't want to do it. 90% of them keep eating healthy, keep keep eating healthy because they realize what it does to their system. And all they needed was that little, you know, reset. So we're going to trial that out for them. Um, but it, that's the crossover in their life. It makes their life happier. Um, they're more functional. They get better sleep. Yeah. Everything is it's a big knock on effect. So the people I'm focusing on, because the whole idea behind the unmotivated habit stuff is to not rely on motivation is it's to make small changes and essentially get to that point you're talking about without that, that, so the the 10% of people you're talking about who go back to eating the crappy diet that can't stick to it. It's essentially for that group to say, all right, well then we're going to incrementally change your diet until we get it up to speed. And to me, that's the hardest, that's the hardest group of people. I'm in that group that struggles with diet. I rely on just physical exercise and running and, and keto every now and then it's because I, that's where it came from. Yeah. So that's, that's, well, that's where it came from because we had the people like yourself that would do that. And that's when we said, just give me 21 days. Just give me these three weeks. Trust me for three weeks. Then you can introduce foods back in. You can do whatever you want. And it's just getting them through those three weeks. So you, we set up a group and a WhatsApp chat and a Facebook page. And every time you think about, you know, whatever, just three weeks, count down the days, count down the days. And it's more when they saw the change, they saw what the bread did to them, they don't go back. You always get them come back. So the 10% come back and do it again. That answers a question I had, What, which is, how do you get people to stick to it? Accountability is pretty much everything when it comes to diet, whether you're just being accountable to yourself or writing down what you're eating or even better having people like you to talk to and monitor what you're eating. Being accountable to yourself. Awesome. But mate, put a six pack of beer in front of me and tell me to be accountable to myself. We know where that's going to go, don't we? I've seen um, it. Yep. Yeah, exactly. And it's going to go down quick. Um, that's what gyms are. You know, yeah. you, you can buy the equipment, take it home, get on a program like Sugar Water, whatever, what if I download a program, pay for the program and try and do it yourself. You might yeah. be good. The majority of people aren't going to be good. They're not going to be able to do it properly. So I don't that. they're not going to be able to do it properly. So that's what gyms are. It's accountability. Coming to the gym, accountability, it's community. You know what I mean? So what we do with the nutrition is we try to create accountability from other people and the community, so people don't think they're on their own doing it. Yeah. Um, we find we found that's sort of the best, the best way to do it. Um, and then we we say to them, we say, look, you're not going to be these 21 days. You're not going to be like this forever. This, this is just this is just to teach you a lesson. This is just to show you what can happen. Yeah. Because what we get is the other side of it was when we tried to, we'll slowly integrate food back to you, was all right, sweet. They're not seeing any change in those three weeks. Yeah. And then they go completely off the bloody rails. Then yeah. they go, well, I don't get any change eating healthy. When they weren't, they were probably eating healthy 70% of the time, not getting much change. Yeah. So we had one lady start it last week. She's been in a week, already three kilos of, of fat lost. So we don't really talk about weight loss. We talk about fat loss. We're already three kilos down. She started training four weeks ago, lost one kilo. In the mm. first week of nutrition, three kilos so it's teaching that now after a week we've got her 
after week we got her mindset back to where it should be. And we say to her, I said, set, set a goal, set a realistic goal of, of weight where you want to get to. Once we get there, we're going to start introducing all, you know, a few cheap meals back. We're going to start enjoying life. We're not going to take it that serious. We're going to have an 80, 80, 80%, 20% mentality or a 90%, 10% mentality. You know what I mean? Yeah. And yeah. To me, tracking everything to me comes down to tracking. Cause if you can't, if you're not tracking it, you, you're not going to change it. You're not going to, you're not necessarily going to see a kilo change if you look in the mirror, but if you're tracking it, that's something you can see. You can say, Hey, I, I'm making progress even if I don't see it in the mirror. And it's just, 100%. yeah, it's huge. You got your white, you got your scales, right? That's a good track. Don't do them mm-hmm. too often. Pant size. If you're in, a, if you're a gym, your pant size. So for people with big waist, it's the pant size is a big one. Um, you know, shirt size, whatever. That's what we get. Measurements are the biggest ones here because some people have never done weights. Yeah. They've never lifted weights. When they start lifting weights, they start getting a bit of muscle. And they're like, oh, I've only dropped three kilos, but I've lost X amount of centimeters around my waist, which is that's insane. frustrating, isn't it? Mm. When people but, only rely on the weight, only rely on the scale. That, and that's part of the mentality. We, as soon as they get in here, we're like, this might happen. This might not happen. Men more so, you'll get, they'll get weight drop. They will drop kilos. We had one guy in two months, two and a half months, dropped 30 kilos. Jeez. Was not, and we, don't, we do not touch um, cutting calories. We, we make sure you're over that 16 to 18 for men you know, a day. We'll measure it at the start. We'll do a week or so of measuring using like MyFitnessPal, whatever, purely so they can look at a plate eventually and go, well, that's roughly around this, that's roughly around that. And then we say, good, you're not going to get perfect every day. The trackers aren't perfect anyway. Yeah. You know what I mean? So we just wanted to show you what a rough idea of it looks like. Now get there mm-hmm. as best you can every day. Do not undercut your food. Because um, that whole, and that's the, people talking about that calorie deficit. I think it's just a simplistic way of looking at it. Because first of all, you should be eating for health more than, then looks are a byproduct. Yeah. Health first, looks are a byproduct. In my opinion, um, that, that's the way it should be. But the people that are promoting a you know, calorie deficit, calorie deficit, you end up getting malnutrition, people eating under 1,200 calories, they get real good weight loss straight up and the trainer looks like a superhero. See him in two months, doubled the yeah. weight back on metabolism's gone to shit. I agree. I haven't, haven't learned anything about their health or how foods react in their body, you know, brain function, gut health, all that sort of stuff. Um, and that's what we try and promote here is eat for health. Looks are, looks are a byproduct. Yeah. You can eat a sleeve of Oreos and drink five Cokes and stay under your calorie number for the day. Good luck exactly. living on that, though. Oh, exactly, exactly right. And that's, you know, we're, we're getting through to a lot of people out here. And then, you know, being a country town, they, they, they love alcohol. You've lived over here in Oz. Aussies uh-huh. love it. Away. And just trying, to, just trying to convince them, going, well, you don't need three or four every night. That's not yeah. a thing. That, that's borderline alcoholism. That's borderline you, you're a functioning alcoholic. It, you it was eye-opening. It was eye-opening to see that when I got over there. It's insane. And it's a, it's a society that's, convince themselves through you know business and ads and um, companies selling it that you know it's okay to do this it's all right to do this when no it's fucking not you, you're you're hiding something you're masking something that you know i'd love to do it every night i'd feel like yeah. shit I'd probably get some mental health problems and i'd sleep like shit yeah it's not probably you, you definitely would yeah exactly right yeah and it's it there's a visible change when you see those people get off of it for the first time yeah my biggest problem is sugar. So I need to, I need to cut that out. 
but it's it's always in the form of candy. I don't drink my sugar because I know that's a recipe for disaster. So at least I can see what I'm eating. But eight, my eight. my go ahead. No, you go, you go. My the way I combat that is um, I try to eat more mindfully. I try to track what I'm eating. But I I'm a big fan of the time restricted eating and the intermittent fasting. Is that something you still do from time to time? Huge, huge. Yeah. So we've gone we've gone deeper into it and. What I can do is um, after this, I can share our our brand's um, nutrition manual. We call it our Bible. It's about 80 yeah. pages, but we've gone, you know, Chris Cresser, Rob Wolf, uh, Rhonda Patrick, and we've you know, taken their best, yeah, we've taken their best stuff and put it out there and said this is you know what we what we recommend. Anyone trying to lose weight should be intermittent fasting at a minimum. Um, yeah. Any, we, we encourage a 24-hour fast every now and then, you know, obviously doctor check, no medication or that. We encourage a, a 48. We even encourage a 72 if you can handle it. Um, we teach you about how to do it, how to do it safely. Um, obviously, this is all on the proviso that you, you haven't got any medical conditions that yeah. can be affected. But intermittent fasting is easily, you know, the best thing for weight loss. If you, when you break that fast, you break that fast with good food and a high-calorie meal. Um, yeah. If you go intermittent fasting and then you eat a thousand calories, well, geez, you're going to be in trouble. How about a bulletproof you know I mean? coffee? A lot of bulletproof coffee. My new ones actually gets me through amino acids. So it's, it is a bit of a cheat, um, but it doesn't break the fast that much. So uh, yeah. EAAs, essential amino acids. Um, bulletproof coffee is another big one. MCT oil is a huge over here now. So I'll just chuck that in. And, yeah, so what do you fast. typically break a fast with? May it depends. So it depends. And that's when I get back to another thing. If you're an athlete listening to this, fasting's not always going to be for you. Yeah. Athletes, you need, you need to think that you're training for performance. Yep. Looks is at the back end of what the hell's going on. Mm -hmm. If you're a CrossFit athlete, if you're a rugby athlete league, as you know, it's so high intensity in fitness, you need carbs. You need the carbs. You need them when you're training. That's what's going to make you train better. Otherwise, you're going to get 10 minutes into a big session and you're going to die on your ass. Trust me, yep. I've been there. Ketones do not work for these type of high-energy sports. Anyone that says they do, pissing in the wind. Um, I agree. I've tried it. I've tried it. It does, not, it does not work. I tried it. I got the keto flu. I got over that. My brain function was awesome. I'd be going to train and going, feel, feel great. I feel awesome. 10 minutes into that session, depleted, gone, whatever. Um, athletes, I'd just say, time your session's good. If you've got a big high cardio session at 9 a.m. in the morning, buy some buy some carbs, buy some multidextrin, drink the multidextrin, drink, you know, get the carbs into you. Then every now and then you're probably better off doing a, a weekend intermittent fast or a 24-hour fast on a, on a day where you haven't got anything going on to just to clear the gut for some gut, you know, gut health. Yeah. That sort of thing. There's so many different stages to it. That's why the, with nutrition, there isn't a one-size-fits-all. There's a blueprint where we all should be inside this circle. But um, as for where you are inside that circle, everyone's fucking different. Everyone's got different goals. Everyone's got different ancestry. You know what I mean? It's all different. It takes a lot of experimenting to find out where you are. I've tried pretty much everything. Oh, 110%. And now I wish I've got onto Chris Cresser, Rob Wolf, Rhonda Patrick earlier. Um, Oh yeah. Everything they've said, spot on. Everything spot on works for me, works for all my members, everything. it's, It's just how you, get it across and the one thing like we'll we'll have an our gym in the manual that you can share with everyone is keto i'll only really prescribe it to people i'll go 
Only go full keto if you're trying to lose a lot of weight quick. Mm-hmm. Yep. And because the CrossFit's not going to be for you. You're not going to like it. You're not going to enjoy it. Crime, uh, paleo. If you've got food intolerances or if you don't know you have food intolerance, go full paleo. Then go back to a primal diet where they allow some fermented dairy and some legumes. Introduce them back. See how it works on your body. Now, we all know that gluten isn't the best thing for your gut. And it's not, it's not a debate anymore. Well, not everyone's gluten intolerant or cereal. <laughs> but no one is saying that. No one has ever said that. They're saying your gut doesn't break it down properly. Yeah. That's all. And it causes inflammation, which has a knock-on effect on other things. That's the whole argument. If you want to eat bread, go and eat bread. But your gut's not breaking it down. You're not superhuman. You're not going to be able to break it down as good. You know what I mean? I do. Um, yeah. And that's, that's what we try to preach to people is let's figure out your blueprint. That's what we use those 21 days for. After 21 days, we introduce food back in. This is your blueprint. This is it. Some people go, oh, we had one lady went and ate pizza after her 21 days. Had to go lie in the car in cramps. That so does not surprise me. Maybe, maybe it could have been the gluten. It could have been the dairy and the cheese, you know, whatever it is. Uh, but now you know. She was upset. Yeah. She goes, yeah, but thank God I know because I've been eating that for the last 20 years. Absolutely. You know I mean? It's eye-opening. Yeah, and then you get some people that don't get much of an effect. They think, oh, you know, I can do it. Don't have much of an effect. Share the science with them and say, this is where it is. More than welcome to go do it. Yeah, on a cheat meal, if I'm going to go eat pasta, I'm going to eat pasta. I'm not going to eat gluten-free pasta. Mm-hmm. I just I do it, you know, every now and then, but I'm going to enjoy it. That, and that's what we say to them. Yeah, do it. Just enjoy it. Don't do it all the time. Yeah, I'm with you. I do the same exact thing. Hmm. And what I've found is I've, I've stopped, I've stopped preaching diet to a lot of people because most people don't want to listen, but if they're coming to you, it's because they want to listen. So I'm just going to start sharing this podcast with people. And now that they, now if they, if they're looking for advice, they want to listen, they'll listen, get ready for a lot of, a lot of hate on there. You'll probably get, yeah, coming at you. Um, not much you can do it. Not much you can do it. People don't want to change my brother. My brother, he's, you know, drinks, eats crap, overweight. I try to fix it, try to help him. No, not interested. No. It's, people just don't care. They're the people that will care when they're 50 and 60 and they're on prescription drugs. That's right. To try to fix this. I've got diabetes. Oh, I blame it on this. No, it's not that. It's you treated yourself like an amusement park for 30 years and now you're wondering why you've got all these health problems. Yeah. Now, one of one of the issues I have is, I completely understand people. There's plenty of debates on both sides, but I understand people who want to be uh, vegan for ethical reasons because factory farming is terrible. It's an awful thing. 110%. Now I, I kind of combat that and say, all right, well go find a meat share, go find a local farm, split a cow with somebody, do something like that because you kind of, you need meat. You, I mean, not everyone does. There are some people who can get by and be very healthy on vegan diets. But if you're doing it for ethical reasons, you should know that it might not always be as straightforward as you think. Plenty of animals are killed in the on the monocrop industry, things like that. But talk a little bit about our need for meat because I know you're pretty passionate about that. That's that's where it comes back to, like a vegan saying, oh, you know, the activist side of it. How many animals get killed in a wheat crop? How many animals get killed in a soy crop? You know what I mean? It's where, and that's what we were saying before we got on the thing. Where do you draw the line? Where does it stop? Who, who, who's the vegan to say this animal is better than this animal? 
You yeah. know what I mean? It's not that sort of thing. So the, one of the best um, podcasts was that Joe Rogan when Cressa was on there with the, um, I can't remember his name, but he was a vegan that made that documentary. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Who I like, by the way. I do like him. Mate, he, he, he stuck up himself good. Like, he put Cressa in his place a fair few times yeah. about it all. But um, and at, at the end of the day, it was, yeah, you can be healthy on the vegan, but you're going to have to take these supplements. It's hard. Uh, it's very hard. It, it, it's hard. And I think one of the thing was, oh, it's, it's, it's cheaper. It's cheaper was, his, was um, what the guy was saying. And I'm like, no one's that, you know, people can afford meat. It's a staple sort of thing. People can afford it. Just eat meat. If you want to be for animal rights reasons, just say that. Don't try and yeah. dispute. Don't try and just dispute proven science, 100,000 years of evolution. Just, you know what I mean? And we'll, you know, we'll probably agree with you and say, yeah, animals, they, we, we do agree with you. They shouldn't be factory farmed. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, 100%. Then, I, I agree no with argument. that. Then there's no argument. Don't try to change our mind. We won't try to change your mind. But it is, it is hard on a vegan diet to stay healthy without taking all the supplements. I think my vitamin B12 is one of the biggest, once that's gone, Mm-hmm. You know, gonna have problems for a long time. Now, one of one of the biggest myths that's sticking around in America from I don't know when it was a few years back is that vitamin supplementation is BS and that um, it's just expensive urine essentially. And it is so hard to convince people that vitamin supplementation is a good thing. I've I've given up. It's it's an awesome thing, and that's that's another thing that um probably you know pe- vegans would probably say that like you know, full paleo people would say oh you can get it all from food you can but fuck it's hard <laughs> it is nearly impossible well, you've got you to understand that the the you know the ancient animal bison whatever it was that we hunted down ate grass yeah they had these amino acids you know omega-3s omega-6s omega-9s in their meat they transferred to us we ate it life was good you know, we probably naturally fasted for a day because we couldn't get something. Our diets were perfect because they suited us. Um, now, everything's factory farmed. Everything's made quickly. The nutrient density of the actual foods that we eat is non-existent. So, yeah, we have to supplement. I tell everyone in the gym, go get a high-strength fish oil omega-3, high EPA, high DHA. Yep. You need to be pumping that stuff because you're not getting enough. I feel up. a noticeable yeah. difference when I'm not taking my vitamins than when I am. Especially fish oil, I'll start to get dangerous. Fish my, oil, my, definitely. Fish oil, I'll start to get dangerous if I don't take it. And that's the main one we get in here. That's the main one people start to shred fat when they start yeah. taking them. And it's it's a it's a significant drop. And that's if we convince them to do that. Multivitamins, yeah, we get you know if, if they need it if they're not you know eating that well. Um, but there's heaps of little ones and then it becomes, if you're an athlete, mate, you should be taking everything. You should be, you, not everything. You should be, have a good little cupboard set up. Yeah. Focused on your health. If you're an athlete that your health and nutrition is one of the biggest parts of what's going on. Don't sting on it. Yeah. Don't, yeah. don't think, and don't think, well, it's not natural. Yeah. We'll have a guess what's not natural training three times a frigging day. Lifting <laughs> heavy weights, that's not fucking natural. So yeah, you're going to have to take some supplements to help you out. We both know some guys who could have taken themselves to the next level if they took their nutrition more seriously and just didn't for whatever reason. Party and a little bit less sleep, a little bit more, that sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, Yeah. 110% on that too, but 
mate, it's, it's just hard to convince people is a big thing, like you said. Yeah. Another one of those myths on top of the vitamin thing in, in America that's just, I don't know how it's still hanging around is the low fat stuff. People are pushing low fat everything here to the point where it's it's hard to find whole fat yogurt. It's hard to find whole fat milk. See, that, that stopped here. That's Australia's caught on with that. Um, the dairy industry was good at pumping it. It's, it's yeah, insane. The myth's been debunked. It's actually low fat. You don't see much of it anymore. You don't see very much of it. You've still got some people um, stuck in you know past thoughts and, and processing the low fat. And they go, oh, I just thought it was healthy. healthy. And then you tell them, they go, oh, that makes sense. They stop. So Australia's good on that, that low-fat sense. Yeah, but still sticking I don't, around I here. I just don't see it. I think the low-fat thing is a good story about how it came out in the 60s or the 70s when it was it was to, to fight the sugar industry. Yeah, absolutely. It was a, yeah, and that, the sugar industry trying to convince people that it wasn't sugar causing all of these heart disease problems. Exactly. And then I think someone recently, they were – there was a court case over it or something was going to get, someone was going to get in trouble over it, but which they freaking should. Cause imagine all the problems <laughs> that caused. For, for decades. Yeah. Heart, heart disease is the biggest killer above everything, above everything. And you don't really hear too much about it. You hear about all these other little 1% or 2% of things, how important yeah. they are. You know what I mean? Heart disease. I know. And I don't know how it's been over there in Australia, but here with the, the COVID pandemic, there's been very little talk of, you know, vitamin D and increasing your immunity by diet and exercise, but it's huge and no one is talking about it here. It's just, uh, you get, it's, you get, so a good example is I have an argument with my wife about this all the time. <laughs> I, I have not seen health doc, healthy, healthy people die of COVID yet. I'm sure yeah. it's happened there, but of somewhere, but very, very rarely people that are fit and healthy and eat good, Mm-hmm. They're probably catching it. And nothing's happening. I'm not a doctor. Blah, blah, blah. This is just an observation. It's anecdotal. Uh, yeah, of course. But sometimes every now and then you'll get a, I think there's been three articles. One was Vice. One was a Daily Mail. And they'll share a photo of a guy, healthy person gets real sick and in hospitalized. You look at the guy, he's fat. He's not fucking healthy. <laughs> Let's be real. He's not healthy. He's fat. He's got three chins. Of course he's going to get sick. He's going to end up in hospital. Let's not, let's not say you know, overweight's healthy anymore. And that that's a big thing that it's happening. It was happening. Yeah, it's still, still sort of is be comfortable in your body and all this and that. No, that's just mental weakness. You've got to, you got it. If you're overweight, you're overweight and you can lose it. You'll be more comfortable in, you know, in your real body. Yeah. Is healthy. Except who you are and don't be ashamed of yourself, but still work towards a more healthy. Exactly right. Body. That's the, that's the key. We should always be striving in every aspect. We should be striving to be better. There's, there's no excuse in any aspect of your life to just to say, this is I, it. This is uh, as best as it's going to be. And I think, yeah, and that's what some companies are smart and they've jumped on board. Oh, oh plus size you know, clothes, plus size this. And it's yeah. okay to be the way you look and that. And they go, well, yeah, wear your plus size clothes now, but let's, let's set a goal. Let's, let's drop 10 kilos. Let's set a goal and be healthy because science says that, no, you're putting a lot of pressure on your heart and this is going to happen eventually. And this is going to happen eventually. So, yeah. yeah. I'll let I'll let you say it, and I'll say no comment. That way, only you get the hate mail. Uh, mate, so I Mark's e- Mark's email is <laughs> the amount of trolls I get just from my brother alone is ridiculous. So I'm sure. Come at me. Come at me. <laughs> um, yeah, I had another question that's unrelated to any of that. Well, wait, one more on the on the fitness is that I recently started doing my my cardio 
with I run every day, I get my cardio out of the way because I enjoy the old school just when I'm lifting, I'm lifting, I'm not cross training. What yep. are the benefits of doing the cross training versus doing the old school, you know, cardio separate and then then get into your weight training? This is interesting because it's something I've been studying a lot lately because CrossFit originally was, um, from what I've learned, was conditioning biased. Mm-hmm. So what, what that means is, yeah, you'll do 20, 25-minute AMRAPs, um, 18, 15, whatever. With, you're lifting in that with burpees, with running, with rowing. Um, and it's cardio. It's a bit of lifting. So that's your conditioning sort of bias. There's a strength and conditioning, strength bias programming where you'll come and warm up, you'll do a 25-minute block of lifting, then you'll do a Metcon at the end. Um, for me and you, that have played a bit of rugby, that strength mm-hmm. one's awesome. That's what we want. Um, always lift first so you can max capacity. The only thing that yeah. suffers is Metcon at the end because if you lift it heavy, you're not going to have much. You know, you have a bit left in the tank, but you're not going to go full capacity in that little four-time Metcon or that seven-minute AMRAP or whatever it is. Um, I think it's good. For you know, to do strength work, do it safely. If you're not training to be in the CrossFit Games, if you're not training to be um, a professional rugby player, NFL player, what college athlete over there, mm-hmm. don't go trying to max out on a one RM with a bloody cat back and a belt on and knee sleeves and everything. It's, it's just, it's a dick measuring contest that you're not going to win. You're going to hurt you. yourself. Do it, do it safely. Um, have someone there helping you out with your technique, whatever. Yeah, lifting weights is cool. Um, you need to be strong, bone density, all that. If that's if that's your go-to, if that's what you like to do every now and then, do it. If conditioning bias CrossFit is all you like to do, do that. If you want to do a mixture of both, do a mixture of both. Whatever makes you happy, um, it's all going to work. That's right. I found that for me right now, just I needed to get off the couch. I, I was saying about a year ago, I found I was just not moving. I was too focused on work. Um, I convinced myself that, you know, working a nine to five job and staying fit or not, you just couldn't do it. They weren't compatible. And it's just not true. Yep. You can always get up. You can always do something. So I just started getting my steps in, doing push-ups, pull-ups, squats, and I just have been working them up, working them up. But for most people, it's just about getting some movement and getting any exercise in. Anything. And that's where it comes back to the communities based thing. Um, like I'll give that comp train, the program we use here, a big shout out on the, on Facebook, they've got a, um, Facebook page free to join. You don't even have to be part of comp train. There's like 38,000 members there and they're always talking to each other, helping each other out. That's a, that's an online community. If you're an at-home trainer, join something like that, download sugar, water, water, whatever, pay for their program. It's 30 bucks a month and then try and go through it and try post some videos, whatever. That's to keep accountability, community, that sort of thing. But for me, um, I can't train on my own. I train on my own. I dick around. I don't, <laughs> I don't, I don't go anywhere near as hard. So, I'll always either train with a few blokes from footy or I'll position myself in a class that, you know, one of my other coaches is taking. I'll jump in that class and do a session with people that I know are going to push me. I'll try and yeah. race them. You know, otherwise I'm not going to get the most out of it. And that's, that's just me. Some people can train on their own and train the bloody house down. Um, you know, good for them. That's your thing. You do that. Yeah. Not me. Turns out this, this whole podcast is the theme is accountability. I love it. Yeah. Well, that's, that- and that's, that's life, isn't it? That's my whole theory is that you just need to track yourself for accountability. If, if you're not part of a community, just track yourself. I've been tracking mm-hmm. my steps, track my push-ups, my pull-ups, just so there's some accountability there. If you're not, 
if you're not tracking anything, if you're not being held accountable, you're going to fall back into old habits. There's, there's no getting around that. As, as you said, it's incremental um, in, uh, increases and reaching little goals, little realistic goals and have a long-term goal. Yeah. But you know, set little goals to get to that long-term goal. Um, and anyone listening to this podcast will know me and accountability um, even three years ago was not a word. Like I was, <laughs> my whole career, I've just been hopeless um, for whatever reason. But yeah, it's something that I've learned a lot lately and it's, it helps you so much. I learned it after my career too. Why is that? It's a yeah. shame. <laughs> Hopefully some younger but, guys can hear this. Well, the way I look, the way I look at it now is I wouldn't, I wouldn't have learned what I have learned if I wasn't in that position to go out searching if I was comfortable and I did have you know money and whatever and um, was where I wanted to be, I wouldn't, wouldn't search and I wouldn't bloody try and better myself. So I think being down in, you know, a lower position of trying to climb up the food chain, that helps you. It makes you hungry. It makes you want to go search for things. That's right. Yeah. I don't regret any of the past stuff because it puts you right where you need to be in the moment. I'm happy where I am. There are some things I do regret. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Most things we don't regret. <laughs> I can think of a couple too. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Um, last question. Cause I know you got to get your day started over there. Yeah. What was your favorite moment of your rugby league career and why was it beating the cook islands in the first round of the 2013 rugby say, league world cup? That whole world cup that was the best thing ever for us. 2013 world cup. Um, no one thought we could do anything. We had an awesome coach, awesome team. We had some NRL players. And then, you know, obviously us, you know, second sort of division players mixed in there. And just just a great, great tournament. It was fun. Um, that, that's by far the best thing that, you know, we've ever done. Beat, and beating the Cook Islands was huge. I'm with you. And I hope we can get some of those other guys on here to talk about their experience too. Well, I'm sure you'll get Freddy on here. <laughs> nice. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks for being here. Uh, we'll get you on again soon. We'll, I'll think of some other topics we can, we can cover together. Okay. Cheers, Garvey. All right.